Good afternoon, folks, and welcome to the first episode of Casey's Random Thoughts Podcast. We welcome you in today on this seventh day of January 2022 at going on two o'clock in the afternoon in the Eastern Time Zone. Uh, bit cold out today here, uh, 21 degrees, uh, far better than this morning's nine that I woke up with. And of course, uh, sitting here recording the podcast along with Mitternacht, who says, hey, by the way, uh, my cat. But thought I would start off the this episode of the podcast and really the series to it all so you can have a better understanding of me. Live in the Dayton, Ohio area lived here all of my life. Dayton, of course, is the birthplace of aviation. You know, North Carolina says they're first in flight, but I always have to remind them that you were only first in flight after the Wright brothers did their work here. Without Dayton, we couldn't have Kitty Hawk. But along with it was born a number of years ago, Let's just suffice to say that I'm over that I'm over 55 years old um, up there in the world. And to tell you, I'm a person of many talents, of many abilities, of a lot of knowledge. No, I don't have a degree. I was working on one in college and I uh, didn't attain that. Uh, an associate's degree. But in some regards, you don't really need a degree. There's a lot of emphasis placed on having a degree in a lot of circles. Like if you don't have a degree, much like the one episode of the Big Bang Theory to where they're kidding with one of the group because they don't have a doctorate degree. To me, that's just totally wrong because even people with degrees who have a lot of knowledge, sometimes there are people without a degree who come up with better solutions than what they do. Now, this is not to discount anybody's degree or anything or start anything with anybody over that but there are some of us that don't have a degree but we do have a lot of knowledge a lot of common sense knowledge and looking at that my sister that lives in chicago has two degrees one in journalism and one in european history she's an actress a model etc. You can look her up on the internet movie database. Uh, search Amy Harbour and you can go and see what she starred in and what she's done. She's the celebrity. I'm more the men in black agent. I'm the female agent K as it were because a lot of what I've learned, a lot of what I do and even in my day job, I'm not a hero. I'm not on a pedestal. I'm not uh, receiving a whole bunch of publicity or fame. 
And I kind of like it that way. I was born in Ohio way back when. I've lived through President Kennedy getting shot and killed. Lived through the Vietnam War. Lived through Watergate. Lived through Chappaquiddick. Lived through the Xenia tornado of 1974. Uh, The energy shortage in the 70s. Jimmy Carter being president. Ronald Reagan being president. When I worked for Papa John's as a shift manager for a franchise, my general manager one day asked me how old I was. And I told him that I didn't decide to disclose that. And he said, let me ask you what president was president when you were born. And he started guessing presidents. He started off with, he started off with President Nixon. And I told him, no, you're too far forward. So then he started off, he went from there to, actually he started off with President Carter, then went to Nixon. And I told him that you're too far forward. And he started going back and he got to Kennedy and he stopped. And I said, you still haven't got it. And I said, when I was born, Dwight D. Eisenhower was still president. Ike was still in the White House. So that goes to show how old I am. And as I said, I've got a lot of experience over time. I've seen a lot. Um, And I can tell you, what I see today disappoints me in a lot of ways. Because truthfully, I look at the movie Pleasantville. And I think it would be nice to be back in that time. I mean, back in the 50s, you know, everybody smoked and per se. And, you know, there was a lot of other things that we did that we shouldn't. But, you know, to go with Travis Tritt's song about smoke in a bar, you need to look that up on YouTube and listen to it. But he talks in there about the fact of uh, you could leave... You could leave the house, leave the door unlocked. Nobody bothered anything. We didn't have rampant crime. You know, we didn't have a worry about people carjacking us. Didn't have a problem with any of that. Uh, We all went to school. We were all taught duck and cover because, of course, you know, we were just as worried We were worried about the Russians nuking us from Cuba or somewhere just as much as they were worried about us nuking them from Germany or such. We all worried about that. Uh, Currently, I live close to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base here in Dayton, Ohio. And, you know, if it were to ever be nuked, my life would be over in the blink of an eye. It would. I mean, I'm that, you know, I'm close enough that if they were to nuke the base, it's done. I'm done. Fairborn's done. 
Huber Heights has done basically Beaver Creek, Dayton, such. And I can tell you, as I said, I've seen a lot over time. Uh, the Xenia tornado that came, wiped out Xenia, left it a mess. My father, volunteer firefighter, captain, at the time, went down and helped in a temporary morgue and such. I went to, went to local high school, graduated, uh, saw a lot in school. It, it parallels with what goes on now in schools, a lot of cliques, a lot of uh, you're not good enough to be in our group. Uh, and that it's something that's went on for years. But back then, we didn't have all the political correctness. We didn't have all this fighting over critical race theory. We didn't have all this uh, fighting at school boards over, over things. And, you know, it would be nice to go back to that. But we're so divided now as a country that it might as well be Moses parting the Red Sea. Because we are that bad. And I look back to Pearl Harbor and when the Japanese attacked us. I've listened to the documentary, uh, live radio reports from KGO in Hawaii, uh, how the country was outraged, how Isaraku Yamamoto made the famous statement of we've awakened a sleeping giant and filled it with terrible resolve. You know, and I fat and 2,430 people died that day. Uh, over 3,000 people died on 9-11. In fact, we had a vice president yesterday that compared the Capitol riot or insurrection, depending on how you want to look at it, uh, you know, there's two sides to it, and there's always the truth. But, you know, that was an unfair comparison. Let's be fair about that. That is an unfair comparison, but, you know, that will be saved for another time, another place. But back when 9-11 occurred, back when Pearl Harbor occurred, we all came together as Americans. We all worked together. Back in World War II, which I wasn't alive, but heard many stories from my ancestors, my father, my grandfather, grandmothers, about how everybody pitched in, did the rationing, pitched in and collected tires, collected scrap metal, collected anything that could be turned in and recycled to make war armaments and granted i don't like war any more than anybody else does but at the time we had to deal with that because we had a we had a man over in germany who decided that much like the brain that it was his job to take over the world killed six million plus people in the way of jews uh Many more were killed, uh, taken prisoner by the Gestapo, so on. 
one of the worst periods of our history and such. The Japanese, uh, seen a lot of historical documentaries on them, seen a lot of historically accurate stuff to where prisoners were subjected to brutal torture, to killing 250,000 plus Chinese civilians killed by the Japanese because they helped James H. Doolittle escape after bombing Tokyo and such. I like the world a little better as it is now. The Japanese are allies to us. The Germans, the Europeans are, you know, somewhat. Uh, and, and that, you know, it's great that we can all get along. That's my, I'm sorry if I wax for somewhat of the premise of Demolition Man to where Everybody gets along. There's no violence. You know, I can go with that to a point. Some of the other things that Dr. Cocteau did and, you know, made people do, I mean, they were denied freedom of choice. There were things that they were denied doing, you know, their life was somewhat controlled. I can't go with that because I'm one of these people that values my freedom. That's what that's what 56 people got together on July 4th, 1776 and did. They told the British, "Get out and stay out. We're done with you." They basically signed their names knowing that they were committing high treason to the crown, that if they were found they could have been hung and drawn and quartered, but they didn't care. They stood up for what they believed in. They never backed down. That's where personal rule 31 comes from. You know, you always stand up for what you believe in. You never back down out of it. And, you know, this went. I grew up and have went through a lot through the 70s. Disco. ABBA, my favorite group, uh, Sir Elton John, uh, into the 80s with George Michael and such, um, the B-52s, Blondie, Samantha Fox, you know, and seeing the Reagan years, Iran-Contra scandal, going into the 90s with... George Bush Sr. with Bill Clinton, seeing Bill Clinton get impeached, seeing all the things that happened in the 90s, communism coming to an end in Russia in the Eastern Bloc, no more KGB, no more Ministerium uh the Stasi, and such. Uh, Germany reuniting. You know, my life has been filled with a lot. And here's where I'm going to go into a little more detail on me. Is that over my time, I started out basically right after the Xenia tornado. As my father said, um, or I should say, as I said, my father was a volunteer firefighter at the time. 
And I joined up with something known as the Radio Emergency Associated Citizens Teams, or REAC. CB radio was big back then. I had one. My father had one in the car. I'm 15 years old. And I'm on a radio in my bedroom at times listening for emergency calls on the radio, calling the State Highway Patrol, calling in crashes, drunk drivers and such. Was fully trained by them. Became a fire cadet. And went out on fire calls. Didn't get to fight the fire, but went out on fire calls. Helped run the pump. Uh, helped with getting equipment. Rode the ambulance at the time. Because back then at the time, for the cadets, they said all you need is... Uh, all you need is standard first aid and you can ride the ambulance with us unless it's certain calls, fights, anything in shootings, anything involving the sheriff, um, cardiac calls, things of that sort. But I did this. Then in 1977, in February, I joined the fire department, took my 36 hour fire training so I could hop on the fire truck, go put a fire out, save somebody's house. In August of that year, I went and took my emergency medical technician basic class. And I held both of those until 2008. And during that time, I saw a lot. Shootings, fights, stabbings. Saw the great South Charleston Pallet Company fire in 1991 to where we had fire departments from as far away as Bellbrook, uh, Montgomery County, uh, all sorts of ones from Greene County, some from Madison County, uh, mainly all of Clark County responded and all to come and fight this fire because there was a pallet factory that caught fire. And when you have that much wood and that much, um, shall we say, paper and combustible items, it made for a very big fire. It seriously did. I don't know. You might be able to look it up on Google at some point or DuckDuckGo uh, and, you know, you might be able to look that up and see about that. But I dealt with a lot. My, I spent 17 years with a local volunteer, uh, paid per call, part-time paid EMS department, and I enjoyed my time with it. There were people that I didn't get along with, but my chief at the time, a lady who had emigrated from the Netherlands back in the 50s, came over here, her and her husband uh, had kids, raised a family, uh, became U.S. citizens, uh, you know, fully held to the American dream and did good with it. Gave me, gave me my second chance at being a firefighter and such. And I saw a lot, but I was trained as a firefighter EMT for years. 
I also did the thing of learning rescue extrication training. And from there, I learned how to use the jaws of life. Cut people out of cars that were trapped in serious injuries and such. Then 2000 came and my EMS chief on the fire department, uh, which kind of dropped him out of my life uh, in later years after something he did uh, that I didn't care for uh, towards me. But he got me into amateur radio. My grandfather had done electronics work for years and had been after me for years to get it. And I never did. Finally, he had passed away in 95. And after that, in 2000, I got a ham radio license in August. And in September of that year, September 20th, we had the EF4 Xenia tornado. That night, when they put out the tornado watch and such, I went up to the fire station and was watching the TV weather talking about the severe thunderstorm warnings and such. Had the radio on in the station had another radio on in the medic unit so that I could listen to Greene County and such. We had that ability. And at one point, I heard a gentleman on the Xenia ham repeater talk about having a rotating wall cloud in Beaver Creek that he was at his daughter's soccer game. <laughs> Shortly after that, I hear a number of tones go out. And a dispatcher for Greene County puts out a tornado warning. Now, granted, the Weather Service hadn't put this tornado warning out, but the, the distance between Beaver Creek and Xenia isn't all that much. And she did something that initially got her in trouble, but she put out that warning anyway. And it was good that she did because right after that is when an EF4 tornado hit the west side of Xenia. And there was a lot of cleanup to do with that. I worked at a shelter the next day after our fire department had went down with a rescue truck that had a generator because they were requesting this. And out of it, the next year around, I went to the National Weather Service basic spotter class, which is Skywarn. And took that class and learned really well how to identify the weather items. And I've done that for the last 20 years. I've taken a lot of FEMA courses on active shooters, on incident command. I have a very good background as far as handling emergencies, dealing with it, uh, one of the best ones I've handled was the Memorial Day Tornadoes 2019. I uh, was working security at Milo Corporation in Dayton. And my Skywarn training, I watched as the tornadoes came in from Indiana. At 8.30, I saw 
live streaming from Indianapolis about the tornado in Indiana. Luckily, I got to work by 10.30, got people under shelter, and nobody was hurt. There was one semi-trailer damaged. I was less than 1,000 feet away from where this tornado's path went. I'm thankful to all the Dayton TV meteorologists uh, for the information they give, uh, for being able to listen on the radio. Thank you, WHIO. Uh, for the ham radio, Dayton Skywarn, I was able to get these people under shelter, and it worked out really well. But just wanted to introduce myself to you and let you know uh, my background. Currently, I'm working part of the Thin Blue Line, uh, which I have to requalify tomorrow uh, to keep that up, uh, to use firearm. And basically, my job, I do an awful lot every day. And I live with the thing of never want to have to pull that weapon and use it. But if I'm forced to, then what's going to happen is going to happen whether I would like it or not. I only ask that my judgment be sound and that I do the proper thing at the proper time. Because I don't want to be like Derek Chauvin or Kim Potter to where I do the wrong thing. You know, I'm not that type person. <clears throat> We do the right thing for the right time at the right reason. Or, well, you'll figure that out. But just wanted to do this first episode to give you an insight as to who I am, my training level, what I know, my knowledge, so that when I discuss things in later episodes, you'll understand where I'm coming from and you'll know that I'm knowledgeable on the subject. If I'm not, I will find out information. I will research it online just the same as I ask you to. I'm a person who believes 100% in the truth, even if it hurts, uh, do what I've got to do. And as far as this podcast goes, I'm not inserting politics into any of it. You know, there's no left, there's no right, there's just down the middle, neutral like Switzerland in the in the Second World War, to where I don't take sides, I just put out common sense truth that you can go out online and research and learn for yourself. Because truthfully, I'm a person who is a sheepdog. I'm not I'm not with the sheep. I'm not led by others who put ideas into my mind and tell me how to think. I think for myself. You should think for yourself. This is how this should be. Your thoughts may differ from mine. Uh, your opinions may differ from mine. I respect that. I don't have a problem with it. But what I do tell you is this. You need to get out and think for yourself. You need to make this happen because... If not, you know, you're, you're just doing yourself in. And teach your children to think for themselves. 
and to be open with you, to put it to you, you know, when things happen at school. Uh, open that communication. Open it up. Make it happen. You know, and folks, as I'm bringing this to an end on this day, may I wish you the best. May you stay warm. May you stay safe. May you be well. And as I said, if you're Democrat, Republican, don't really care. You know, I wish you the best. But we all need to come together as Americans. That's got to be. So with that, going to end the podcast, I wish to thank Anchor by Spotify for uh, giving me the ability to do this. And I'm thankful for all of you that would decide to listen and subscribe. May you have a great day. Take care. And get with me the next time for another bit of Casey's Random Thoughts. Take care.